Welcome to the podcast of Medora Pentecostal Church. We are a growing community of believers committed to bringing hope and building lives. We pray today's message is a blessing to you. Let's get our Bibles this morning. We're going to get to the Word of the Lord in our study today, our message today for the book of Nehemiah chapter 4. Nehemiah chapter 4 and verse 16. Nehemiah 4 and 16. Praise the Lord. I love you, Lord. I praise you, Jesus, today. Amen. Sister Dana, good to have you with us today, worshiping with us and all of our guests that are here, thank you for being here today. We miss all those that are out laboring. That's what Labor Day is, I guess. It's a great opportunity to take a break. Lord, be with our travelers today. Nehemiah chapter 4, I'd like to look at verse 16. And it came to pass from that time forth that half of my servants wrought in the work, and the other half of them held both the spears and the shields and the bows and the harbingers. <clears throat> and the rulers were behind all the house of Judah, they which built on the wall and they that bear burdens and those that laden every one with one of his hands wrought in the work and with the other hand held a weapon. For the builders, every one had his sword girded by his side and so build. And he that sounded the trumpet was by me. He that sounded the trumpet was by me. And I said unto the nobles and to the rulers and to the rest of the people that the work is great and large. And we are separated upon the wall, one far from another. In what place therefore ye hear the sound of the trumpet? Resort ye thither unto us, and God shall fight for us. I want to minister this morning on this thought, the trumpet by me. The trumpet by me. Say that with me. The trumpet by me. Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning, and we, we take this opportunity, Lord, as a, a privilege and a blessing I pray today that you would help us, Lord, fulfill, God, what you have asked us to do. Bless your people. Let this today, Lord, not be a monologue, but a dialogue between us and you. God, I pray you speak to us today. Help your people. Encourage your people. Edify your people today through the word. In Jesus' name we pray. Let everybody say amen. Lord bless you. You can be seated. We have often preached from Nehemiah. Nehemiah is one of my favorite Bible characters. I would have loved to seen that event going on firsthand. Nehemiah was a courageous man. He was a bold man. I guess when you're the cupbearer of the king and you know that every day you take a sip that may be your last, that'll make you be very serious about life. But... Nehemiah was a man of, uh, of, of noble status and for, formidable character. His job with the king required honor and integrity. 
Nehemiah was a trusted man. He was chosen and respected. His home was in the palace of Shushan. His boss was the king, and he had perhaps the ultimate job security. Everything was progressing nicely until one day he heard the news the remnant that are left of the captivity in Jerusalem and the providence there are in great affliction, was the report, and great reproach. And the walls of Jerusalem is broken down and the gates thereof are burned with fire. The news ripped a hole in Nehemiah's heart. I can see him as he, he thinks, that's my city, that's my Jerusalem, that's my Mount Zion. That is my holy city. That's my people. That's the walls that I've seen. That's the walls that I grew up around. So much needed to be done. The images begin to play in his mind like a TV news report as the rubble would lay there, leaving that imprint on his mind of devastation and hurt. With the blessings of the king in his hand, Nehemiah sets out for Jerusalem to rebuild the wall. He knew that it would not be easy. He knew that it would be exhausting and the task would be hard. But he also knew that God was on his side and the walls would be rebuilt just simply by that virtue alone. Nehemiah had to begin the rebuilding of the walls from scratch for the city lay in ruin and ravaged by the enemy's a strong hand and we find that stones had to be cleared out of the way to start a new foundation and, and, and some of the journey from captivity had left them broken and weary. The attack had left Israel and the people broken and weary for the oppression of the enemy did not stop when they took the people captive. Those that were left were left to deal with the debris and all of the problems. Nehemiah faced insurmountable obstacles, great adversity, a city that was in rubble, an enemy that attacked and frustrated the work on a regular basis. Uh, he had to acquire the appropriate materials and then he had to encourage people to where they would work. He had to get people in the mindset that it's worth it after they had dealt with all the rubble. No doubt uh, he probably started with great zeal and everybody got excited. But when they begin to face the enemy, it's real easy to get weary after you face the enemy for a while. And, and after they would build a little bit of the wall, the enemy would come and try to tear it down. And they would go this, this route and the enemy would show up in, in another form. And as a matter of fact, Nehemiah said that the strengths of the labors is given out. The strengths of the labors, uh, they begin to get weary because that's something that the enemy wants God's people to be, and that is weary. Fatigue will kill zeal and passion pretty quickly. There's so much rubbish. Nehemiah 4 and 10, there's so much rubbish 
Weariness gives the enemy the open door to attack our mind. Amen, because this is what the tactic of the enemy was. Before you know it, or you won't even see us, we'll be right among you, we'll come on you, and we'll put an end to the work. Amen, you're not going to even know what is going to happen, but we're going to show up. We find that fear feeds off of this, this fatigue and this weariness. And, and the enemy said, wherever you turn, they will be attacking us. Wherever you go, you're going to get attacked. Wham, hit after hit, blow after blow. Amen. The word of God warns us to be careful lest we be weary and faint in our minds. Absalom attacked David while he was weary. He said, I will come upon David while he is weary and weak-handed and will make him afraid and all the people that are with him shall flee and I will smite the king only. I'll get everybody tired. I'll get everybody weary. Amen. If you want to know what I'm saying, get some rest, is because a good one warrior has to have some rest both in his body, his mind, and his spirit. But Nehemiah kept encouraging the people. He kept challenging the people. He kept retaliating to the enemy. The enemy said, come over here in the plain of Ono and let us draw up a treaty. Let us draw up a compromise. And he said, why should I come to you and sit down and have a conference with you? And the work stops. I don't have time to go and and work out a compromise. I'm not going to take the time to say, oh, enemy, let's get this all. No, no, no. I'm doing too great of a work. In Nehemiah chapter 4 and verse 14, he said, And I looked and rose up and said unto the nobles and to the rulers and to the rest of the people, he said, Be not ye afraid of them. Remember the Lord. Be ye not afraid of them. Remember the Lord, which is great and terrible. You think the enemy's bad? Our God is more awesome than the enemy. You think the enemy has got it? Our God is bigger than the enemy. You think that battle you're facing is big? Well, my God's bigger than your battle. He's bigger than whatever's going on in your mind, whatever's going on in your body, whatever's going on in your bank account. He's bigger, amen, but the enemy comes and says, why don't you give up, amen, if a fox crawls up on your wall, it's going to fall down, you can't get it done, amen, so I see that there are three options that, that, the, that, that we have before us today in this fight, and that is either give up, amen, or give over by surrender, or we can get it finished by doing the work that God has called us to do, remember the Lord. Somebody say, remember the Lord. Lord. We pick up the reading in Nehemiah 4 and 16 where it says, and it come to pass from that time forth that half of my servants worked in the work and the other half of them held the spears and shields and the bows and the harbigans and the rulers were behind Judah. He said, they that build the wall, they bear burdens and and those that were laden, everyone with one of his hands he worked and with the other hand held a weapon. You've heard this preached before. He said, and all the builders, everyone with his sword girded by his side. And so they built. But then he said, and he that blew the trumpet was by me. 
Everybody else is doing their job. Everybody else is working. But Nehemiah said, the man with the trumpet, the trumpet is going to be by me. And then he said in verse 20, In what place therefore ye hear the sound of the trumpet? Resort ye thither unto us. Our God will fight for us. Here's the answer to the enemy when he says, Give up, give in, quit, throw in the towel. You just keep working, number one. Number two, you keep fighting. And number three is you listen for the trumpet. We keep working when the work gets tough and the attack seems intimate. You don't quit on the work. You don't quit on the, the what God wants you to do. You keep working and labor in the work. Amen. And half of them held the spears and, and the bows and the, and the shields and the other half were working. And those that were working had a, a tool in one hand and a sword in the other hand, they were ready to fight. So we keep working. Everybody say keep working. Keep fighting. And keep listening to the trumpet. And he said the trumpet is the one that is by me. The trumpet is the one that is, the trumpet is by me. Look at Revelation chapter 4 and verse number 1. We find that when John uh, spoke of his revelation, he said it like this. He said, after this I looked and beheld a door was open in heaven and the first voice which I heard, the first voice which I heard was as it were of a trumpet talking to me. When you begin to look at trumpets in scripture, you will find that a trumpet is symbolized by the word and proclamation of the word of God. It is exclusive for God's people. The trumpet was never for the pagans. The trumpet was never for the enemy. The trumpet was for God's people to know what to do, when to do it, and how to do it. So in the fight that you are in, in the battle that you are him you keep on working and you keep on fighting but most of all you better have the trumpet right by you you better have the word of God right by you don't ever get so caught up in the battle that all you think about is the enemy the Sanballats and the Tobias and the Geshams don't get so caught up in the battle that all you think about is your problem and your issues the most important thing is you've got to have the word by you amen that trumpet needs to be right there so you can hear the word of the Lord. Somebody say amen. amen. John said, when I had the revelation, the first thing I heard, the first thing that come to me was the voice of the trumpet. Amen. It ought not to be that it, the word is the second choice and the third choice and the fourth choice. It should be that the very first thing we do is go and consult what does the word say? What, is, what does the trumpet say? I want to make sure that I'll find out what the word says. Amen. For all you young folks, you may not know this, but there was a day that it used to be, what did dear Abby say? What does dear Abby have to say? Amen. I want to know what does dear Jehovah Jireh say about my provision. I want to know what the Lord says about what, what's going on in my life. Amen. I need the trumpet by me. I want it close. I want the word close to me. In Exodus 19 and 13, it says, there shall not a hand touch it, but he shall surely be stoned or shot through. Whether it be beast or man, it shall not live. He says, when the trumpet 
soundeth long, you shall come up to the mount. When the trumpet sounds, you got to move. When the trumpet sounds, you got to go where the Lord says. Hallelujah. Paul put it into a, a, a spiritual dimension for us today when he said in Romans chapter 10 and verse number 8, but what saith it? The word is nigh thee. The trumpet is close to you. Even in your mouth and in your heart, that is the word of faith which we Preach. Amen. Paul told Timothy, preach the word. Let the word be close to you. Let the word be near you. It ought to be so near to us that it is inside of us. It's in our mouth. It's in our heart. Hallelujah. If we're going to fight the enemy, we had better have the trumpet close to us. In the Lord good. I said in the Lord good. Isaiah prophesied and said, cry aloud, spare up thy voice like a trumpet. It's the word of God. Joel declared, blow ye the trumpet in Zion. Sound alarm in my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble for the day of the Lord cometh, for it is nigh at hand. Blow the trumpet in Zion. We need a sure word of the Lord in the middle of our battle. We need to know what saith the Lord. What is the thus saith the Lord moment? Amen. If we're going to be victorious, we better have a tool and we better have a sword, but we must have the trumpet by us at all times we need that word the sure word of the Lord the sure word of the Lord there's been times in my life when I didn't know what to do I didn't know where to go and I wanted the Lord to send me a letter brother Seth with all the detailed instructions of what my next move would be I wanted the Lord to do a handwriting in the sky. If he could write on a wall with his finger, he could write in the sky better than an airplane. I want a sign. I want you to show me. I want all the lists. Give me what I was supposed to do. A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Let me have it down. Amen. But Brother Jason, sometimes all I'd get was one word. One word, one word, not a lot of explanation, not a go here, turn there, do this and do that, step A, B, C, but just one word, hallelujah. But I have lived off of one word for days and days and days and months and months, just one word from the Lord, amen, because I understood it was a word from the trumpet. It was not a word from just somebody talking and flapping their gums or, or just an idea but I had heard one word from the Lord and with one word my whole world has changed I'd rather have one word from the trumpet of God than all the input of friends and, 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 and the wise of this world one word from the word of the Lord sometimes that word can be as simple as go go Stay forward. Sometimes it's two words. Shut up. You better have the trumpet by you. I said you better have the word by you. In the battle, you better have the word by you. Praise the Lord. I'm excited to know about what 
what is going on in the ladies' Bible study for for a few weeks. Sister Gill taught the ladies' Bible study on how to study the Bible, and it has exploded where now I understand y'all are doing it online, and it's just not ladies from our church. It is ladies that 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 don't understand yet. All of the truth. Amen. But I want to tell you, if we're going to be victorious, it's going to be because somewhere somebody said, I'm going to get this in me. I'm going to listen to what the Lord says. Amen. Would the trumpet be by you right now? What's by you right now? Is it the naysayers of your enemies? Is it sandballot ringing in your ears? Or do you have the trumpet ready to blow at any moment's notice? Thus saith the word of the Lord. Consider for a moment the power of this word. We understand that the word is what created the world. God said, God said, let there be light. And there was light. The word is creative. We find that Hebrew writes and tells us in 11 and 3 that our time, our age is framed by the word of God. Everywhere you look, your word is there, Lord. Left, right, up, and down. Your word is there. The word is progressive and growing and producing. For Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth. Ongoing, moving, advancing from the mouth of God. I don't live by my job. I live by the word. I don't live by my bank account. I live by the word. I, 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 I got to have the trumpet by me today. How about you? We find that Hebrews 1 and 3 says that he upholdeth all things by the word of his power. Amen. Everything consists by his word. I want to have the word next to me. Revelation comes by the word. We find that Samuel said the Lord revealeth himself to Samuel in Shiloh by the word of the Lord. Revelation comes by the word. The word of the Lord brought resurrection to dry bones of Ezekiel in Ezekiel 37. The word of the Lord is impacting, effective, and life-changing. Isaiah said in 55 and 11, So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper to the thing where I unto I sent it. That's how powerful the word is. And if you believe it, it's going to happen. If you believe it, the word goes forth and accomplishes it. It is impactive. It is effective. Effective and it is life changing. I want that next to me. I want the word next to me. Amen. The word of the Lord is always significant, relevant, up to date. Amen. Isaiah said, The grass withereth and the flower fadeth away, but the word of God shall stand forever. Amen. I don't have to look for a, 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 an easier way of understanding this because he said, This is what I need. This is what I need. Let me get into it. I might get bogged down in the King James language but I'm going to keep digging until I understand the word the word of God is so powerful that it penetrates all pretense and discerns the hearts of man for the word of the Lord is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and the marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Not just your thoughts, but your motivation. The word. I need it close to me. 
The word of the Lord is heaven's pipeline for faith because the Bible says faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the can't have faith without the word. I need the word by me. I need the word by me. Hallelujah. The word of the Lord brings healing. In Matthew 8 and verse 8, it says, The centurion said unto the Lord, said, Lord, I'm not worthy that thou shouldest come under my roof, but speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. Amen. The centurion said, Jesus, you don't have to even come to my house, but I understand authority and I understand power and you can just speak the word and it will happen to, to my servant. Amen. Just speak the word. I want that kind of word next to me. I want the word of God next to me that is living. I want the word of God that the Bible says is indestructible. That Peter wrote and said the word is incorruptible. In Deuteronomy you will find that it is said is indispensable. In Matthew it tells us that it is infallible. The psalmist wrote and says that it is inexhaustible. Amen wherever you are you can be surrounded by the word the Bible said we're healed by the word the Bible said we're held together by the word the Bible said we're blessed by the word the Bible said we receive revelation by the word we claim the promises of God by the word we're changed by the word faith is by the word yes have your tool yes have your sword but most of all make sure you've got the trumpet close to you In Titus it says, holding fast the word of faith. Hold on to the word of faith. Keep it near you. Keep it close to you. My wife was reading a book. Uh, Sister Vicki, I think she loaned it to you about in China how precious the word of God is. And that how one lady copied it by hand. Took her eight years copy by hand the word of God keep it near you keep it near you hallelujah a young man that was a, a translator for the Americans in the Vietnam War had faith in God and believed in God and they they arrested him. The communist Vietnamese arrested him and put him in a, a raunchy, horrible prison. And he just about lost his faith until one day he was sent to clean out the latrine, clean out the nasty place where human waste flowed. And he was cleaning it out and he found a paper, a piece of paper, and he got it out. He was about to give up on any faith in God. And he pulled out a piece of paper that somebody had used for toilet paper. And it was a sheet and he cleaned it off and he looked and it was Romans 8 and he read 8.28 for we know that all things work together for good hallelujah and so the next day you know what he does he said give me the latrine job he took that page and cleaned it off the next day he got another page and cleaned it off and took it back with him and cherished it and loved it amen I want to tell you when you get to the place of desperation and the place to where you feel like I have nothing else to hang on to you can put me by the word let me get by the word hallelujah <laughs> years ago my dad was preaching a revival in a church and there was a man that came to the altar and prayed and he prayed and he reminded the man reminded me of people that I have known and thought of that every revival you know they come and pray through and then they're gone they, they, they leak that's what happens 
And I've been of the mindset, as one pastor said, when they pray through, I'd like to take a hammer, hit them on the head, and tell them, God, they died. But this man said, I've tried. I can't do it. And I remember vividly my dad putting the Bible on the floor and made the man get up and stand on the Bible. He said, you're standing on the only thing that's going to get you through. You're standing on the only thing that's going to get you through. Hallelujah. Where is the word in your priority? Where is the word in your life? Amen. It ought to be that it's the closest thing to you. Before you go fight, take the word. Before you go work, take the word. Before you get up in the morning and go to work on a natural job, you ought to have the word with you. Hallelujah. Hold fast to the word of truth, dear one. For this book, this living book, we call it the Holy Bible. That means it's sacred. It's a sacred Bible. It contains for us the will of God. I wish I knew what to do. It's here. It is a living book. It contains the will of God and the state of man. It provides for us the direction for salvation. I would not know what it meant to be lost without the word, but neither would I know what it means to be saved without the word. Its teachings are holy. Its precepts are binding. Its history has been proven to be true. The holy word of God is food for the weary, comfort for the broken, light for those in darkness, a map for the traveler, a compass for the pilot. It is a sword for a soldier. It is the charter for the believer, the constitution and bylaws for kingdom citizens. Amen. Within its pages you will find paradise lost and paradise restored. In its pages you will find hell exposed, but heaven revealed. Amen. I want to know the word of God. The word of God. Keep it close to you. Keep it close to you. Do you have your Bible? Whether you got your Bible in printed form, or you got it on your phone or your, 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 your app uh, on, your, on your iPad, you ought to cherish this. You ought to cherish this book. It's comfort for the aged, water for the thirsty, rest for the weary, strength for the weak. It's bread for the hungry, hope for the hopeless. Amen. It is salvation to the sinner and grace for the believer. It's light in our path. Amen. To believe it is to live it. If you believe it, you live it. To know it is to love it. To love it is to accept it. And to accept it is eternal Paul was in prison, wrapped in chains, and he wrote these words, 2 Timothy 2 and 9, in prison and in chains, and he wrote this, wherein I suffer trouble as an evildoer even unto bonds, but the word of God is not bound. The devil has tried for centuries to snuff this out. Tried for centuries. Voltaire was a 
considered to be one of the most brilliant men in, in history. And he wrote, in 50 years, this has been the 1700s, somewhere way back yonder, y'all. But he wrote and he said, in 50 years, the Bible will be an extinct book. He put it on his printing presses and printed out his propaganda and his lies. The Bible's going to be an extinct book in 50 years. 100 years later after that, on those same printing presses, Geneva Bible Society was printing Bibles. My God's got a sense of humor as well of you can't knock it down. The word's going to last. I don't care how many translations comes, how many transliterations comes, how many paraphrases, amen, and, 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 and I don't care if it's Dr. Sounding Brass or Mr. Tinkling Symbol that says the word is gone, the word's still real. I've proved it in my life. I've seen it in my life. I've been able to quote it when I needed it. The word works. Can you lift your voice and your hands and praise the Lord for the word of God? Lord, let the trumpet stay by me. Stay by me. The word of God is never going to be restricted by government edicts or a king's proclaim. Armies cannot stop it. Radical Islam cannot stop it. Amen. Secularism cannot stop it. Compromise in the church cannot stop it. The word is triumphant. Truth cannot be buried and forgotten. It's going to come out anyway. It might as well be in your heart. Hallelujah. There were those in Thessalonica that says that they took the word of God and Paul said they received it not as the word of men, but as indeed it was the word of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Peter said being born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible by the word of God. You can't corrupt the word. I said you can't corrupt the word. Neither can you destroy the word. Heaven and earth will pass away, but Jesus said my word shall not pass away. It is indestructible. It is incorruptible. Matthew 4 and 4 says it is indispensable. It's a word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Matthew 5 and 18 it is infallible. For Jesus said, verily I say unto you till heaven and earth pass away one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass away from the law till all be fulfilled amen the psalmist said is inexhaustible oh lord how great are thy works and our thoughts are very deep his word goes beyond where you are right now in this fight in this season that you're in, whatever level you're on, whatever fight you're raging, do the work, fight, but make sure that trumpet's by you. Make sure the word's by you. Stand. Thank you for joining us today. We pray you have been encouraged. If you would like more information about Medora Pentecostal Church, you can check out our website at www.medorachurch.com Saturday.